Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at I really believe the Holy Spirit has given me a word. Um, we had an awesome women's retreat. Any of you, Anybody in here able that, that was up at our retreat? It was awesome. Lots of hands back there. And so um, we, the women, God met with the women and so many women were set free and healed and came to the altar and just laid it all down at the cross. And so um, I just believe we're going to have, we're going to continue camp this morning. Is that good? We've had a powerful summer of camps from, from junior high to high school, to our young adults, to our women and the men are next. Everybody slap a man in here and say, get him, God. <laughs> and so God, we're just going to believe God is just going to continue this morning. I think we should come every Sunday like it's camp. You know, I think the reason God shows up in such power at camp is because we're expecting, right? We're coming expecting. Let's, what if we came every Sunday like that? What if we came every Sunday leaning and expecting, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I can't wait to get into God's presence and to hear the word, the living word of God. And, and let's expect that God's word is alive and it's active and it's living and it has the power to change us. Amen. So we should lean, let's lean in this morning. I'm going to read a lot of scriptures. I'm really just going to let the word of God do its work in us this morning. And, and really, I'm kind of just preaching. Uh, a message that the Holy Spirit has been doing in me recently. And I believe as I was praying through this, the Holy Spirit said, this is what I'm doing in my church. Um, and so I just, I believe all of us can receive from this word this morning. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. You are already here, but we just once again say you are welcome here. We love you, Holy Spirit. We cannot live without you. In you, we live and move and have our being. And so, God, we just thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, you do the work this morning. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Move how you want to move, God. And we just declare that your word is alive. It's living. It's active. It's powerful, more powerful than a double-edged sword, able to divide between our, our bone and marrow, our soul and our spirit. Your word knows exactly where to go and where to cut and where to divide. And so, Lord, I pray that your word would go forth in power this morning and accomplish what you send it to do. We just ask that you would bind every distraction, God, that we would not miss one thing that you have for us this morning. And if you agree with that, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. How many of you believe we are living in exciting days? I, I, I believe we are living in exciting days. I, I like how uh, one pastor said it's both terrifying and exhilarating at the same time, right? I mean, I'm more and more believing that we could be the generation that sees Christ's return. And I think First Peter says that we are to set our hope fully on that day when Christ returns. So we should live every day as though Christ is coming tomorrow. Amen. And so I believe that we are living in exciting days. Jesus said, when you see 
see the, how many of you know, and I'm clear, my husband would, would say this up here, we've always been living in the last days, amen? But, but Jesus said, when you see these things happening and increasing, just like in labor, when contractions get closer and closer together and the birth pains become more intense, you can know that the end is drawing near. And we are living in a time where it feels like things are being intensified and, and happening so fast. Some of you would say it feels like our head's spinning, right? And so we are living in, I believe, in times, great times. And we're living, I believe, in possibly the last great revival before Christ's return. And, and we know without a shadow of a doubt that we're living in a great revival and it's happening. And I believe that God is getting his church ready. And Pastor Chris and I, we talk about this all the time. We pray for revival, but are we really preparing for revival? I'm a faith person and I love that it says without, without everything that God does is operates in faith, right? That's the currency of heaven. And our faith is the evidence of what we don't yet see. So the fact that we have faith for something is the evidence that it's coming, that it's here. So if we really are believing and asking God for revival, are we expecting it? Are we preparing for it? Are we getting ourselves ready for it? Are we, we're asking God for the nations. We're asking God for Meridian, for Boise, for, for CUNA, for Eagle. What if God floods this place with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of souls that desperately need Jesus and they are lost and they are hurt and they are broken and they are confused. Are we ready? Are we ready for that? So I, I believe that the ch God right now is taking the church through a preparation process. He's been doing that, I believe, for the last, for a last while. But I believe that we're in a time where God is refining us. And we're going to talk about that this morning, the refining fire. When I have been praying just in my own life, I, the song that keeps coming to my spirit, and I know a lot of you in here will appreciate the, the, one of the old hymns, but it's the song that says, Purify my heart. Do you guys know that one? Let it be as gold and precious silver. We could go on. I had all the, the women's retreats sing it, but it's such a good song. And that's been my prayer. I've been praying that so much lately. God, purify my heart. Let it be as gold and precious silver. I pray this over my kids all the time. Probably the number one prayer I pray over my kids is for pure hearts. I pray that all the time because Matthew 5, 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. That's an important scripture for us to grab because the implication is, is that without a pure heart, we can't see God. So God is in the process of purifying us. He's in the process of refining us. And I've been walking with, with Jesus now since I was 19. So about, I did the math wrong at women's retreat. I don't remember. I'm 43. So whatever that is, but a, a little while, right? And how many of you know, no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, you're always going through the refine. None of us have arrived. Has anyone in here arrived? No. no, none of us have arrived, right? We're all being refined constantly into his image. So we're going to start here. I believe that we are, like I said, I believe that we are in a time of great shaking. I believe I've never seen such a consensus among so many voices in the church all saying the same thing. We've been in a time of shaking, but I believe we're coming into a time of great shaking. Why? Because everything that can 
be shaken will be shaken so that what can not be shaken will remain. So let's read in Hebrews 12 verse 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Do we got more? Okay, let's read it. Now I want to read it. There we go. In the message translation. So don't turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundations. This time he told us this quite plainly. He also will rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stem. What if we could be in that time? The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning. How many of you like a good house cleaning, right? You just, how many of you like a good dump run, okay? I love getting rid of stuff. It is so freeing. I'm like, get the clutter out. And I have seven children. So that's a never ending process, right? It's like constant, like getting, let's get the stuff out. So that's what the Holy Spirit is doing right now. It means a thorough house cleaning. He's getting rid of all the historical and the religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered uncluttered. How many of you appreciate an uncluttered room? How many of you, you can't function unless you have a cleanliness and like you're just wired like the clutter. It just, if there's clutter in the natural, there's clutter up here. Okay. That's how I am. I like organization. And so I, God likes order too. Amen. So God is getting rid of the clutter. He's getting, he's shaking so that what can be shaken can be removed. But we are part of an unshakable kingdom. So the great shaking, he says, you are not to be shaken. Those of us that are in Christ will not be shaken. This is why Jesus said, if you build your house upon the rock, when the wind and the storms come, it will not blow down. Amen. So let's read in Deuteronomy 4.23. It says this, take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God which he made with you and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. I think I didn't put, oh, there we go. It has forbidden you for the Lord your God. This is the important part of the verse is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Our God, I want to talk about that this morning. Our God is a consuming fire. Is this too, is this too deep on a Sunday morning? Can we let God do a little heart work in us this morning as a church? Amen. Our God is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. He he wants to be your one and only. He is the Lord our God. There is no other gods besides him. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the creator of the universe, the cosmos, the earth of you, your family, the chair you're sitting on. He's the creator of all 
all of it. And he said, I will have no other gods besides me. So this morning, I think that the Holy Spirit wants to maybe deal with some idols in our heart. You know, we read these scriptures about the Israelites and they create this golden calf and we think, what's wrong with them? But we do the same thing. We do the same thing. We idol, we don't, we put our hope in things. We put our hope in creation. We set our hope on maybe even good things, but maybe even marriage becomes an idol. A, a person becomes an idol. Our children can become an idol. There are things in our life that we have set before him and our God is a jealous God. He is a consuming fire and it's in his goodness. It's in his mercy. It's in his kindness that he loves us too much to let us stay there. See, God knows your heart. And it says that man looks at the outward. We look at the outward, but God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. And I love Kelsey shared this at our women's retreat. She introed so beautifully and she's teaching this. Kelsey is our children's pastor and she's teaching this to our kids, which I'm so, so thankful for. But she talks about that, how as, as humans, we can paint our, we can, you know, our, maybe the first room that you're, that people walk into in your home, maybe the living room or the entryway or whatever, we can be so good at making that look beautiful, right? We can paint the walls. We can get new furniture. We can make it look so pretty. But then maybe you go down the hall and if you're like me, okay, how many of you have a junk drawer? Or, okay, confession time. I have a junk room, okay? Okay, I have, I'm working on this. This is, I'm working on this. Kirst, I'm working on this, okay? Okay, my bedroom has become the, Abby knows, throw everything in the bedroom and shut the door. You know, people are coming over, okay? Okay, don't judge, okay? Who else? Anybody got a junk room? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Susan. I'm not alone up here. So some of us have a junk drawer. Some of us maybe have a junk room. Maybe you have a whole junk side of your house. I don't know. Whatever it might be, but we have, we do this in the natural, right? It's like, I don't have time to deal with that clutter. Just throw it in there. And oh my gosh, I have to tell a funny story. Ben, Pastor Benny Perez, when he was in town, he, uh, he, they came by to see our house because we, we, they haven't seen our new home and um, the bedroom, you know, like I said, it's just like throw everything in there. It's not pretty. It's just very functional and chaotic in there. And sweet Lindsay was over there and he was, was over and I was in the kitchen and she, she saw him heading down the hall and she knew, she knew. Thank you, Lindsay. And she, as he goes to reach and look in our bedroom door, she <laughs> jumps in front of it. Um, and it's okay. I think God forgave you for this lie. There's a baby sleeping in there. <laughs> you can't go in there. <laughs> and it was kind of true. I mean, there had been, yeah, earlier. So, yeah. So anyways, we all have our messes, right? We all are a work in progress. And just like in the natural, so it is in the spiritual, okay? God is like, I see that pretty living room love it. I'm so glad you've like surrendered that to me, but I see all the other rooms. I see all the other corridors. I see all the other closets and our God is a jealous God. He is not satisfied with 95% of you. 
He's not satisfied with that. And this, this maybe might sound harsh to you, but I tell you, it's in his kindness. It's in his love for you. It's in his mercy to you that he wants the absolute best for you. And so he wants you to surrender every room. He wants you to give him the keys and say, okay, God, you can help clear out the clutter. As we just read, clear out the clutter, God. And this morning, my prayer is that we would climb on the altar this morning and bring our whole selves and say, God, search me and know me. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God loves you. He loves you. He is consumed with you. He is obsessed with you. He loves you so much. And the Bible says that a good father corrects his children, disciplines his children. How many parents do we have in here? Okay. You, we, we all know this to be true. If you, my kids say this all the time. Why don't you just let us do whatever you want to do? They don't get it yet. But we're like, because we love you. And they're like, that, no way, you know, kids just don't get it yet. But one day they'll get it that because we love them, if we didn't love them, we just let them do whatever they want to do. We let them stum. My husband teaches our kids this all the time. Where does sin lead? Lead straight to death. But because we love you, we're not going to let you go down that path. God is the same way. He loves you and he has good plans for you. And so he wants you to give him the whole keys to your whole heart this morning. And no, he's not gonna overwhelm you. You're like, oh gosh, I'm gonna give him the keys. He's gonna find, some of you have a whole junk house. <laughs> You're like, I don't got anything pretty in there right now. Oh, our God is so patient. He's so long suffering. He's so merciful and kind, and he's not gonna overwhelm you. He knows exactly you know, what to deal with. How many of you know, it's just like peeling an onion right? It's like, here we go. We're going to deal with this layer. And then it gives you a little break and reprieve. And then, okay, when you're ready, we're going to deal with this layer. So God is not going to overwhelm you, but he is consumed with you. And he wants to be the consuming fire in your life so that what is not pleasing to him, he can burn away. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read. So what is, what is the refiner's fire in the natural, a refiner's fire melts down metal, such as gold or silver, for purification purposes. Once a metal is in a melted down state, the dross in the metal, we've all probably seen this before, um, it rises to the top and then it can be con like brushed away or pushed away. God spoke this analogy through the prophet Malachi to describe how in the same way God purifies and refines us. God will raise the temperature in your life to draw out of you what is not pleasing in him. Okay, we've all been there before. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? Okay, we've all been there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many of you know, like just like when you squeeze a sponge or something, what's in it, it's gonna come out, okay? God knows what's in you. And it's in his mercy and kindness that he allows the pressure to come on, maybe through trials, maybe through testing, maybe through marriage. Have you been there? <laughs> How many of you know God can use anything? God, the Bible says iron sharpens 
iron. How many of you know we need each other? God most often will probably use people in your life to refine you because God knows exactly what you need. So what's in us in times of pressure will come out of us. So we have two options when that happens. One, we could say, oh, I don't like that. That's really, oh my gosh. And we just push it back down. Or we could say, oh God, oh, will you forgive me? Wow, Lord, that came up because that's in me. Lord, would you deal with that in me? Sometimes it can be a simple, God, would you just forgive, oh, will you forgive me for saying that? Would you forgive me that that was in my heart? Sometimes it's God bringing up deep, deep things. That God is like, it's time to deal with that thing. Sometimes it can be generational things. There was, there, there's, in my life, like I said, I've been, God's been taking me through this. And, and it was something that God was like, I was like, where did that come from? And he had to take me back to the root. And it was something just in my childhood that God was like, it's time to deal with that daughter. God is such a good father. He's so good. And he knows exactly what we need. But it's so easy for us to just push it down. You know, just like the Israelites, right? They kept going round and round the mountain. But God, in his kindness and mercy, he will let it come up. Because he wants, he heals, or he reveals to heal. Amen? So God is letting that thing come up. Because just like in the refining process with metal, they, they push the impurities away. So the impurities have to come up so that they can be sloughed away. So that what remains is what's pure. Why? Because God desires us to be a living and righteous sacrifice. Dre talked about that this morning. God desires us to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing to him. Romans 12, 11 says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy. There it is. Not God's judgment, God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. God wants us to be holy as he is holy. And he wants an acceptable offering that is pleasing to him. Remember Cain and Abel goes all the way back to the beginning. They both brought an offering. One was accepted, one wasn't. What was the difference? Cain gave his leftovers, right? Abel brought his whole heart. He brought all that he had and it God accepted his offering and so this morning let's just say God would you just I just give you my whole heart I put myself on the altar and I want to be a living sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to you amen Proverbs 17 verse 3 says the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold but the Lord tests the heart Psalm 66 10 for you God tested us. You refined us like silver. In verse, or Malachi verse, chapter three, verse two, it says, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. 
he will purify the Levites, the priests. How many of you are a priest in here? We are all kings and priests. And he will refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord. That's God's desire for us, that we would bring, be an acceptable offering to him. Amen? So God's desire for us is a pure heart. I already said this verse, but Matthew 5, a blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So again, the implication is that an impure heart cannot see God and can also not see correctly. I pray, I pray this for myself. I pray this for my kids. God, give me a pure heart because I want to see correctly. I want to see correctly. Just like with the refiner's fire in the natural, the refiner will continue the refining process until he can see his reflection in the metal. Just as in the natural, so it is for us in the spiritual. Jesus is continuing the refining process because his goal is that we too would reflect him. So we are to be, we are his witness on the earth. We are his image bearers. God is refining you because his desire for you is that you would reflect him to our world that desperately needs him. So if we're praying for revival, we're calling in from the north, the south, the east, and west, the broken, the hurting, how can we, if we don't properly reflect him, how can we help them? So I think that God is taking us through another refining process. There's a scripture, I think I have it in, um, yeah, in Psalm 12, verse 6, it says, And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. So we see here there is a refining process process. It is not a one-time event. If you, have a, if you have a wedding ring, a gold ring, a silver, the reason that thing is so valuable is because it went through a constant refining process until there was no impurities, or maybe it's 99.9%. That thing is pure. And that is what God desires to do in each one of us. Amen? So just like with physical metal, the refiner will only stop the process once the metal residue reflects his image like a mirror. The same is true with us. When our hearts are clouded with impurities or idols or sin, we cannot properly reflect him. And we can also not see clearly where we are going. It makes me think of this scripture in 1 John chapter 2. It says, anyone who claims to live in God light but hates his brother or sister is still in the dark. It's the person who loves brother and sister who dwells in God's light and doesn't block the light from others. But whoever hates is still in the dark, stumbling around in the dark and doesn't know which end is up, blinded by the darkness. We, if we do not let God deal, even with unforgiveness in our heart, bitterness in our heart, 
we read this text earlier in 1 Peter that God wants us to put away all envy and malice and hypocrisy and envy and slander and sin and all of these things. Why? Because God desires us to have a pure heart that we are not stumbling around in the darkness, deceiving ourselves. My husband always says this, what does it feel like to be deceived? You feel like you're right. I think I butchered that, but, but that's the essence of it, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. And when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. And so I think that the way we can guard against that is to constantly come before his presence and say, God, would you search me and know me? How many of you know we need to do this every single day? Every single day, Holy Spirit, search my heart and know me. Because like I said, we can be so good. Man looks at the outward. We can put on a good front. We can put on a good face. We can play church. We know how to, I mean, how many of you had a fight on the way here and you walked in the building, you put on a smiling face, okay? Like, let's just be real, okay? So God knows all of us. He sees all all of the hidden places. He sees all of those areas that we try to keep hidden from man. He sees it all. But again, it's in his mercy that he longs to heal those broken places. So that scripture in 1 John continues to go on. And I love this. It says, so don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the father. Practically everything Think of that. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important. This is from the text, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, or wanting to appear important has nothing to do with God the Father. It actually just isolates you from him. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. It is not on brand, okay? It is, is that what they say? (laughs) It is not on trend, okay? All the wanting and wanting, it is on its way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Children, time is just about up. You heard that antichrists are coming? Well, they're all over the place. Antichrists everywhere you look. That's how we know that we are close to the end. See, the devil wants you to be consumed with having it all. Have you heard that? You know, it's like this this generation, like you can have it all. Like just live your life, live your truth. Like, just live your best life. You can have it all. But how many of you know he only perverts what God wants? We need to flip that. No, God, you can have it all. It's not about I can have it all. God says, don't be consumed with what the world can give you. That's the lie of the devil. You can have it all. You can have it all. What if we flipped that? No, God, you can have it all. Have all of me, God. The broken places, oh, the hurting places, the angry places, the disappointed places, all of it, God, you can have it all. It's a mess. (laughs) 
How many of you feel that way sometimes? Okay, you're bringing people into your house, you know, maybe they're coming to help you clean out that bedroom. You're embarrassed, right? It's a mess, but I love God because he doesn't shame us. He doesn't, he doesn't laugh, he doesn't talk about behind your back. No, God's like, oh, bring me your mess. I love it. Bring it all to me. He is a good father who, who knows exactly what his children need. And we can trust him with our mess. We can give him all of the broken places, the hurting places, and those places that we stuff with idols. And we say, God, it's too painful. It's too hard. And we look to the things of this world. That's why he says, don't be consumed with, with even what you wear or what you eat. God, your father, he knows you need all of that. Don't worry about that. If he clothes the flowers of the field and he takes care of the birds of the air, won't he take care of you too? I love that scripture. I quote it all the time because I love birds and we have like a bird sanctuary in our house. And I always, God reminds me like, he's like, I care for those birds. I have chickens. Okay. He cares. And don't let my husband fool you. He loves those chickens, okay? He, he, he talks to talk, but he loves those chickens. I came home from retreat and saw him out in the coop tending to the chickens, okay? He loves them, okay? But God loves the birds. How much more? How much more does he love you and care for you? So don't be consumed with getting, 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 getting and having it all. But Lord, let's, just, let's instead say, God, you have all of me. Amen. Amen. It makes me think of, we're going to close here, but the garden, the garden analogy. I've been, I shared this at retreat, but I, I, I decided to take on gardening. I've done like little gardens here and there, like pots and things like that. But we, we moved into our new home this last year. So I had space and I was like, and I don't know if any of you are like me, but I'm all in or all out. Anybody else? Make me feel better. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Okay. It has its strengths and it has its weaknesses. Okay. And I'm fully aware of that. But I, I, when I'm going to do something, I'm like, I am doing it and I am all in. Okay. But the problem is when I'm over it, I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> and my friends know that, but, the, but it's good because I'm good at you know, when God speaks to me, I'm like, we're going, okay? And so I was like, we're going to do a garden. And I'm, I, I, I only buy organic food. And so I was like, we're just going to grow, grow our own. And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be, we're going to save hundreds of dollars. And I, I stayed up. I'm not joking. I stayed up every night on YouTube taking notes and <laughs> writing gardening things. And I ordered all the beds and I'm, the garden beds. And I, I researched the soil and I I grew them from seeds. I mean, our dining room became like a seed planting room or whatever you call it with the grow lights. And I'm like, I am in this thing. And then I remember they said that you should, I kept hearing this piece of advice, like you should have a drip line with your garden because, you know, you have to water it every day, right? And I'm like, I don't need that. I'll be fine. I am just going to love every morning getting my cup of coffee getting the hose, saying hi to the chickens and just gar watering my garden. I'm just going to, this is going to be my morning every day. And I was like, I don't need a drip line. I've got this. And I was like, I have seven children. Okay. This was not possible. This is not a possible dream. Okay. Like I, my kids are lucky if they get breakfast in the morning. Right. It's like, my husband's like, are you going to cook breakfast today? <laughs> 
<laughs> my poor kids. I'm like, yeah, I, okay, I'm not that bad, okay? I'm just trying to light, li- light it up. But, you know, we, I, some days I forget breakfast, okay? So and the same was true of my garden. You know, like it didn't have a consistent watering. So I had all the ambition and dreams in the world. But just practically with our schedule, we were out of town. It just, it just didn't go. And then, you know, you justify. You're like, I could go a couple days without water. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then it did okay. So then I'm like... I could go a week, you know, <laughs> just got to keep, yeah, and I went out of town for, like, I think a week and came back and everything was just dead, <laughs> okay, not, not fully dead, so anyways, I say this analogy to say that I, last week I came back and I was like, you know what, I'm just, I think I'm just done with the garden, oh, actually, I forgot to add, the chick, my chickens got into the garden, so that was part of the problem too, and so we were doing really well, I do have a lot of jalapenos if anybody wants some organic jalapenos though, um, but so I was like ready to just give up on the garden, I was like, okay, you know what, I learned a lot, next year we're going to make some changes, and it wasn't wasted, but I was like, I think I'm just done, and then I just heard the Holy Spirit say, no, there's still fruit out there, go out there and start pruning. And I was like, okay, okay. And so I, I took pruning shears out and I started pruning away all the dead stuff. And I cut away all the dead stuff, all the clutter. And I anchored things up a little bit better. I kept the chickens out, <laughs> watered it really good, gave it some good organic fertilizer, whatever you call it. And then a couple days later, I went out and I was like, whoa, all of a sudden, all this fruit was coming up again. Cantaloupes and tomatoes and cucumbers. Now, are they going to make it to the end of summer? Who knows? (laughs) But the point was, and the Lord speaks to me in these very tactile ways. I knew what he was saying to me. He was like, I don't give up on my kids. There's always fruit. We just got to prune away. I love this verse, John 15, 2. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you, unless you abide in me. God's desire for us is that we would abide in him. He's the vine, we're the branch. And that as we remain in him and we allow him to search us every day, he will prune away. Another way of saying he will refine. He will prune away in his love and mercy that which is dead, that which needs to go, that which is not bearing fruit. Why? Because he's mean? No. Because he wants you to bear more fruit. And he wants you to reflect him. We can't do it unless we abide in him. It's another way of saying That's the refining process. It's abiding in him. It's putting yourself on the altar every day and saying, God, here I am. Here's all of me. I might feel like a big, huge mess, but that's okay. I'm your mess and I give it to you and you can search me and 
you can prune anything in me that's not pleasing to you. And I thank you, God, that as you prune me, I'm going to bear more fruit. And that fruit will remain. Because remember, everything that can be shaken is being shaken. But we are part of an unshakable kingdom. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Everything else will be added. Don't worry about it. Seek first my kingdom. So this morning, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to search us and know us this morning. I'm asking that you would just open your heart and say, Holy Spirit, is there something in me that you are like that in the refining process, bringing to the surface? Is there dross in me, impurities in me that you want to slough away today? Lord, are there branches in me that are not producing fruit that you want to cut away today? See, he knows what you need. He's not going to overwhelm you, but he is asking for your obedience. He is asking for you to partner with him. See, he's not going to just come out and just start pruning you. He, He asks for our response. He asks for us to partner with him. And so this morning, I'm going to ask if you would mind just, you, can we stand in this place this morning? And if you would just close your eyes, we're just going to pray for a moment. We're doing fine on time. So my hope was that we would have time at the end for the Holy Spirit to just minister to us this morning and do whatever he wants to do in each one of us. See, for some of us, it might be sin patterns. That the Holy Spirit, you love God, you know God, but maybe there's a pattern of sin that the Holy Spirit says, let's deal with that this morning. For some of you, it might be an idol. It might be something that you're realizing the Holy Spirit is saying, you've been putting your hope in that. And sometimes these are not even bad things. These are good things that God desires for us. But if we, put, if we set our hope on that more than we do on him, it becomes that idol that golden calf. We laugh at that and think, how could they worship a golden calf? But we do it too. We worship things and we put anything that we put before him is an idol. And so this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to reveal that to you. And it's just simply saying, God, forgive me for that. Lord, be, be the consuming fire of my life and consume any idol that might be in my heart this morning. And for some of you, it might be unforgiveness. I felt that. That for some of us, like that scripture in 1 John, maybe you don't even realize you've been stumbling in the darkness and there's been unforgiveness in your heart. There's been bitterness in your heart. That scripture says in 1 Peter that we opened up with, it says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, Therefore, put away all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. For indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So this morning, we're just going to worship for a, a few moments. Is that okay? And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit to search you and know you. 
and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there anything in me that you want to deal with this morning? And I'm telling you, if you would just simply obey, if you would just surrender that thing or maybe confess that thing or maybe even just choose to release forgiveness this morning, you're going to leave this place lighter. Lord, everything that can be shaken in us, let it be shaken. It's for our good. Refine us, God. If you could lift your hands this morning, I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to go into a worship song, and then we're just going to close in prayer again. But Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much that you are in this place. Would you search us this morning and know us? Create in us a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within us this morning. For you desire purity of heart. Just as the crucible is for silver and for gold, so you test our hearts. You know what is in us, oh God. And you desire to remove the impurity. So God, this morning we give you access. We give you the keys. We say, God, whatever room, whatever closet, whatever doorway, you have full permission this morning. Would you just tell them that with your own mouth? Say, God, you have permission this morning. And for some of you, God is already speaking to you. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you even want to come to the altar as a prophetic act and say, God, I'm laying that down this morning. I'm surrendering that this morning. You come to the altar. I'm telling you, you're going to leave free. You're going to leave forgiven. You're going to leave lighter. So, Lord, we worship you this morning. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.